Guys, you're listening to Millennials at the Movies. I'm Amy. And I'm Novi, and today's movie is Oscar. According to Google Movies, Bags of Loot and his daughter's love life confuse a gangster on the day he plans to go legitimate. It's not available to stream anywhere free, but it can be rented or bought from most major streaming retailers. And on Rotten Tomatoes, the audience give it a 63 and the critics a 12. Jeez, We're having a bad year, girl. <laughs> Wow. Wow, wow, wow. See, okay, here's the issue with that, though. I'm actually surprised it even has ratings because I have asked so many people what they think of this movie and if, like, if they've seen it and stuff, and literally nobody I have asked has ever seen it, including you. And a part of me is like, how the fuck have I seen something that so many people have not seen that's already big? And secondly, like, Sylvester Stallone is in it, Fucking Marissa Tomei is in it. I mean, granted, it's before Marissa Tomei was Marissa Tomei, but still, she's in it. Like, you've got actual big names in it. So I'm really surprised that so few people have seen it. But at least it has a rating. It has a rating probably only because Stallone is in it, let's be honest. (laughs) They gave him a 12. That was it. Yeah. (laughs) We opened with Angelo, a.k.a. Snaps, a.k.a. Sylvester Stallone, looking his most Nick Cage-iest, visiting his father's deathbed. R.I.P. Dad. R.I.P. Indeed. His father. Few few little uh, kicks left in him, though. (laughs) Literally. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. He makes Angelo promise that he'll stop being a gangster and go legitimate because the gang life brings such shame and dishonor on the family, and he agrees. Mm-hmm. I agree. But I don't know. They look like they're doing fine. I mean, we don't get to see, I guess, the many people they have harmed <laughs> along the way to their fine lives. Um, I just air-quoted like you could see me. Um, but yeah, we don't see all of that, but I mean, you know, gang life is dangerous and bad people don't get into it. But in yeah, case Dad. You couldn't tell by the name when we're talking about gang life, we're referring to mob gang life. Sylvester <laughs> Stallone is not in the streets <laughs> <laughs> dealing drugs and shit. Well, we don't know I what could, he deals. That's true. He I was could, actually he We find out later that this movie took place in the time of Prohibition and they were running illegal liquor, so he kind of was. That's true. That's true. But not, I don't think he was doing it like standing on the streets and pulling bottles out of his fucking jacket. But I could be wrong. I don't know. I wasn't around in that time. I don't know how they did it. Would have been a really fun movie. (laughs) It was a fun movie, damn it. But yeah, he uh, agrees with Dad because, you know, Dad's dying and he slaps him a few times to get his point across um so how are you gonna say no really so he promises that he will go legitimate and that's a great setup for failure like you already know you're like this is never gonna happen look at you listen to the way you talk obviously this isn't gonna work out (laughs) it'd be a very bland movie if it did yeah that is true Um after the death, we have like three minutes of opening credit. We're <laughs> just like a little claymation guy singing opera, but I love claymation, so I was kind of here for it. <laughs> yes, I love claymation, and I saw this movie probably long before I should have with my family, and like it was 
our go-to movie. We would like gather with my family and watch it. And um, as a kid, I loved that. That might have been my main reason for li- liking the movie so much, honestly, because I think there's a lot that I didn't understand watching mm. it as a kid. I hope I didn't anyway, but... It might have been my inspiration for my next movie choice, but we'll get to that. Ooh, yay. Um, but yeah, that is a long... I will say I skipped it this time because um, I knew what it was. I watched part of it and I was like, okay, all right, let's get to the movie because like, I knew what it was already. But I'm glad you got to experience it. So am I. But we return to Snaps one month later. No Mm -hmm. one trusts that he's going straight. His own people hate the idea. The rival gang thinks that it's going to be a trick. The cops Mm. think it's a trick. Mm -hmm. Nobody believes it. Mm. Uh, Poor Snaps. (laughs) Did you say, oh, Snaps? No, I said, (laughs) God, I wish I did. But I said, poor Snaps. Like, they don't have any faith in him. (laughs) That's better. Um, the rival gangsters are sitting around at a nail salon. Mm. One of them suggests that his manicurist is gonna give him some special treats, let's call it. Mm. Mm-hmm. And he actually has my favorite line in the entire movie. Ooh, even though okay. I don't even know his name. <laughs> I don't know his name either, but I'm Referring curious. Referring to Angelo. We will observe the 11th commandment. Do unto others before they do unto you. (laughs) All for it. Do it. Oh, God. That's great. I think the the nail girl, um, she doesn't have my favorite line, but the way she speaks is my favorite thing in this movie, probably. She does a little, I finished your nails. Is there anything I can, anything else I can do, huh? And I'm like, that's adorable. That's so fucking cute. Like, I know you're trying to, like, fuck him or something but like cool good for you and also that was cute (laughs) i wish she had done something more in the future i was expecting all of these characters from the beginning to be more (laughs) than they were but we don't really see the rival gang come into play for almost the entire movie the cops do almost nothing for all the entire movie the informant does literally nothing yeah they were definitely side characters that you expect to be uh, more important to play more important roles in the movie because they're what we see first, basically. I mean, after the dad's death scene, of course. Yes. Uh, I'm not mad that we don't. Yeah, I I didn't... I mean, I would have loved to see the nail girl more because she was adorable, but I don't really... I don't know that I would have enjoyed the movie if we had followed the rival gang more or seen more from the cops. Honestly, I think we could have just seen less at all from the cops or from the rival gang. Mm. I don't think we needed even as much as we got. Yeah, I think I think the rival gang definitely. I think the cops will get there, but like they at least play sort of a role, but we didn't need as much from them for sure. Though we are going now to someone that is actually important. Uh, Mm -hmm. Angelo's accountant, Anthony, or maybe Anthony, I'm not quite sure. (laughs) It depends on how gangster you're feeling, Sitter. Uh, Anthony shows up for a meeting with him, which Aldo, his assistant, thinks is a terrible idea because, and I quote, even the feds know we don't get up till (laughs) 9am. Yep. I mean, really, like, that is an early time. I know you're an accountant. And all, but you are his accountant, so you should know better. But you know, it's a matter of life or death. 
as we learn over and over and over in this movie. <laughs> it is. I will say this is one thing that I enjoy about the movie that I wish they would have leaned into a little bit more. Mm-hmm. We find out now that it's just before 9 a.m. And he has mm-hmm. a meeting with the bankers, which ends up coming to fruition at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. So this movie is about an hour and 45 minutes long, and it takes place over the span of about four hours. I wish they would have fully leaned into that and had it been a clean hour, 45 minute span of time. I think that would have been really interesting, but I still do like that most of the action that happens in that four-hour period we see. Yeah. Well, I just, I love that it's, I mean, we're assuming this is the first real day of being legitimate, right? Like, of of getting out of the gangster life, because he's trying to, like, clean, clean up their name and clean up their act and all that kind of stuff. But it's all happening in one day. And I really enjoy that all of this insanity happens in one day where he is really, really, really trying. Like he is constantly trying. He's got everything set up. I mean, not well, of course. We'll we'll talk about all of the things he tries to do to prepare for, for the bankers coming. But like, it's not well planned necessarily, but he is trying, damn it, he really is, and everything is getting in his way. It, it's, it, I almost said especially. Wow, who the fuck am I? Especially Anthony. Mm. Lil Dr. fucking Fool Anthony. wouldn't like that. I know, but we haven't gone to him yet, so it's no. okay. But um, yeah, I love that Connie's sitting there, just like, he needs his beauty sleep before the meeting with those bankers, and all those like, it's urgent, keep me covered. <laughs> like, I love that. They, they have that with each other. I don't know that Connie understands it fully, and we'll talk about that more later, too. <laughs> um, Anthony has come to ask Angelo for a raise so that he can propose to his girlfriend, and he mm-hmm. insists that a rival gang would have given him almost four times his current salary. <laughs> Angelo finally agrees to give him a triple his current salary, which Anthony accepts, and then informs him that he's planning to propose to Angelo's daughter, which almost gets him murdered. Uh, yeah, I love that he's all pissed off about Anthony and the whole like where they met and whatever because he thinks it's Lisa, of course. And then his reaction when he finds out that it was at a speakeasy is couldn't even pick one that sells my beer. And I'm like, oh, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, business comes first. I mean, I what business? It. What beer? Um, but yeah, he's all pissed off about it. And he finds out that Anthony, okay, and I had to have you explain this to me, which I think is great, because again, I have seen this movie a million times, but little Anthony is smart and sneaky um, and has stolen from him, right? From um, Yeah, he uses, since he is the accountant, he uses a clerical error, aka fraudulent accounting, to embezzle $50,000 from Angelo's operation, mm-hmm. and considering this was the 20s, $50,000 is a lot of money. Yep. A story, by the way, that he tells with exceptionally great enthusiasm. Like, he even asks Angelo not to interrupt him because he's so proud of it. And then afterwards, he's like, I'm not proud of what I've done, but he is so proud of it. Yeah, he's very much the character in this movie that's like, wow, you're a little shit. You're like the shittiest little shit. And I don't even know if I mean that in a negative or positive way, I'll be quite honest. Um, But like, in the way where he's just like, no, me, I'm a great person. I hate that I had to do this, but I just had to do it. I had no other choice. It's like, wow, you're a little shit. You fucking asshole. You're smiling while you're saying that. <laughs> yeah. 
He's exceptionally proud of that, and he also seems a little bit proud when he sneaks in the fact that he's been stopping Angelo's daughter. Mm, yep. He's just... I couldn't tell, honestly, if he was just... It's not stupid. I can't think of the word I'm, think, I'm trying to use here. Like, are you, do you just not understand? Like, you're good with numbers, but do you just not understand that this is fucked up and that you're gonna get killed for this? Oh, I think it's like those people who kill somebody and then they just have to tell someone where mm. it's just like, I can't keep it to myself because mm. I am so like proud of what I did, <sighs> but I, I, I'm not going to tell everybody, but if he would have just not told him any of this, it would have been fine. But no, he had to just go running yeah. his mouth off because in the end, he's proud that he got one over on snaps. He is. Yeah. Because uh, I was going to say, why not tell someone else if you can't hold it in? But yeah, that's the whole point. It's like, ha, see what I did? Yeah, like, you're <laughs> going to be impressed with me because this is absolutely something you would have done. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I guess so. <laughs> you know what? It honestly does seem like what he would have done, including the stopping Angelo's daughter part. Because <laughs> Angelo goes to confront his daughter, Lisa, about all of these rumors. Oh. Uh And it's super uncomfortable because I don't think the movie realizes that they're supposed Mm -hmm. to be father and daughter. (laughs) Like, he starts trying to, like, pound on her door and barges in and is like, when did you start locking your door? It's like, (laughs) nope. And then she's horrified and she's like, I'm not a little girl anymore. And then she throws off her robe and sticks out her tits. It's just like, is this Pornhub? Because the entire scene comes off as, like, less overprotective dad and more overprotective daddy. (laughs) Oh, God. Well, okay, a couple of things about that whole scene. Number one, I love that you're like, she sticks out her tits. She doesn't even have tits. And I'm not even knocking Marissa Tomei. She's gorgeous. But that, maybe it's the nightgown or whatever the fuck she's wearing that's doing it. But she's got nothing. She is, like, as flat-chested as you can get. And it makes me start to question, like, how old is this girl? But also, living in a very overprotective Armenian home, I was not allowed to lock my door. It wasn't like my dad would barge into my room or whatever, but like I couldn't lock my door. If I locked my door, there would be serious questioning happening. Like, what the fuck do you think you're doing behind closed doors? I'm talking like the entire time I lived at home. Wow. And I lived at home for a long time. So think about the time period too. I don't think girls were really allowed much privacy. Not that I'm excusing it or saying it's okay, obviously, but I'm not, it didn't surprise me as much. No. But Um, I did love the reaction of put that away. I'm your father. And I'm like, then why are you looking? (laughs) Because it's Sylvester Stallone and it's Marissa Tomei and she's (laughs) hot. Yeah. And she was, I'm sure old enough then that Maybe it wasn't that the movie didn't understand, but the chemistry between them just, you know, got in the way. Hot like fire. No, um, Angelo has apparently already picked out a man for Lisa to marry, but she refuses because he has pimples. It's like, you want to get out. (laughs) She wants to get out that badly to pretend (laughs) that she's having a limo driver's baby, but not (laughs) enough to marry a man with pimples. But he's also a snob. Does that help? <laughs> uh, I think it's worse that it's her dad's friend or business associate or something. Yeah. So it would just be like moving into another prison. Oh. 
you know, a prison that is gigantic and filled with whatever you want and all that. But she doesn't want to be in that room with whatever she wants because she says she wants to go out and see the world and shop in Europe and lay on Caribbean beaches. Mm -hmm. And Angela responds, you can do whatever you want as long as you don't leave this room. (laughs) Yep. I mean, you know, overprotective dad. I still don't know how old she's supposed to be. But I do like that he blames it all on the music because uh-huh. that is such a consistent thing throughout time. Just like it doesn't matter if it's the 30s, the 60s, the 90s or now it, any time period we're in, the adults are always going to blame the kids. I mean, the music on how the kids behave. It's just like, oh, it's because of the music kids listen to these days. It's like, yeah, you know, I'm closer to 40 than I'd like to be right now so I get it I say that all the fucking time I mean I don't say their behaviors because of it I just say your music is shit but you know and I still listen to the shitty music so I'm just in denial about my age Mm. (laughs) yeah but today's shitty music is just too shitty but that's a totally different podcast he um, locks Lisa in her room and mm-hmm. his tailors arrive. They mm-hmm. say it's their last house call because one of their recent designs made them famous and their evidence is a newspaper clipping in which a gangster called Babyface Barzini was murdered wearing one of their suits. <laughs> I mean, no advertising is bad advertising, right? I mean, the suit looks I, amazing in the photo. It It did. And I love that they show the little clipping and my favorite quote happens. I don't know which Fenucci it is. I don't even remember if we get names or if they're just Fenucci's. I think they're just Fenucci's. But um, one of them, and I will really try not to do this in the accent because it's awful. I can't. But he says, his widow said she need... No, I can't. His widow, she says she need another suit for the funeral. I say when he pay for the first one, he get another. And I love that so much because these men are around these gangsters and all this shit so much that they're like, yeah, I don't give a shit that your husband died. You still need to pay for the first fucking suit if you want another one. <laughs> exactly. Badass. Um, they also they also tell him that they're going to, uh, they tell um, Snaps they're going to make him look like a banker and they continue with take off your pants. And I'm like, yep, okay, Finucci's, straight to the point. <laughs> I don't know about straight to the point. Um, <laughs> Angelo has spent the entire movie trying to prepare for this meeting with these important bankers. His mm-hmm. idea is that he's going to buy into the bank and get himself a seat on the board of directors. Mm-hmm. I loved the bankers. They were just like oh. these debunkers, snooty pricks who were like depressed about the unemployment crisis because it means that interest rates go down. <laughs> And it means disenfranchised people beg them for money in the street. I love that villain stereotype. I'm not sure why, but every time we get that stereotype, like those guys in Bob's Burgers, uh, you know the guys from the Thanksgiving episode who caused everything and then we're like oh no oh yeah yeah um wow I can't you put me on the spot and of course I can't remember his damn name their their last name I mean. Okay, anyway, go on. But yes, I know who you're talking about. Like I them. might remember it. Yeah. Yes. Oh, well, but they're funny. I didn't find these guys as funny. Um, I especially really disliked that one. I have no names. But there was one that was more snobbish and more 
than the others. Yeah, and I really that's exactly them. the noise that is what I like about that character. <laughs> I'm not saying I like it like, oh, you're like good people. I'm saying yeah, I'm- that it's a <laughs> trope that I really enjoy. Yeah. I I uh I think this movie needed a vin- villain like that specifically, um, but I eh, I didn't care for it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, Lisa is crying all over the maid Nora and Nora mm-hmm. comes up with a plan that Lisa should pretend she's pregnant because whether her father gives her permission to marry or just kills her at least she'd get out of the house <laughs> it's a, I mean it's a good plan <laughs> no it's not also, I like Nora Mm-hmm. I don't think the character is shady. I think that the acting choices here make her come off as super shady. Well, I you didn't understand her. Shady. Oh. Well, okay, I didn't understand what they were going for with her in general because throughout the whole beginning of the movie, she is trying to get Snaps' attention and the or and anybody she tries to talk to just kind of goes, "Yeah, not now. I'm busy." and is like really really mean to her. And I didn't get it. I like we didn't get a reason for why they were mean to her. It, they didn't set that up in any way. So I was just like, why are you guys being dicks to this poor woman? Like she's trying to say something, and it's one thing to be like, I'm busy. Let's talk later. Than to just be like, get the fuck out of my way, basically, which is what they all do, you know. And so I didn't get it. And so maybe that's why she came across as being shady. I don't know, especially because of the way she does a little plan and the face she and Marissa Tomoka and Lisa make at the whole plan of getting out. <laughs> um, they look evil as fuck there, so maybe that's why. Maybe. But it wasn't just this scene, it was most of them. So, mm, I don't know. I true. was really hoping there'd be a payoff, and there wasn't. Mm. Um, Lisa calls Angelo upstairs to tell him this pregnancy lie, and mm-hmm. I think we're supposed to see how bad the acting she's doing is. Because uh-huh. I think it's supposed to be that Marissa Tomei is doing a good job at acting like Lisa is doing a bad job acting like she's pregnant. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, the rest of the acting before this was also just awful, so I'm not sure. <laughs> I think I think she did a good job as far as, like her specifically, she did a good job as far as being this overdramatic, like my life is the worst kind of a girl. Like I, I bought it a hundred percent. Um, I really like that. She not only breaks out of that, the whole, like, Oh, I'm, I'm so sad. And I'm so sorry thing that she's doing there. Um, but like she breaks out of it by sitting there and just kind of like bored. And and I want to talk about what happens that causes this, but she looks so completely bored while she's waiting for Connie to, I'll say to disarm himself because Snap says it's like disarming Germany and fair. Um, but yeah, I found she, that scene especially so funny mm-hmm. uh, with Connie disarming himself. Yes, it very much reminded me of Adam's family when Morticia's unpacking <laughs> Fester's bag. Uh-huh. But overall, Connie and Aldo spend the entire movie constantly trying to do shady things and pulling weapons out of increasingly unreasonable places (laughs) and then angelo constantly has to be like no stop it i'm a banker now it's it's so much a highlight of the movie for me 
Yeah, I love that it was the most cartoonish fucking thing ever. And then it, there's something actually that is even more cartoonish than that later on. That like yeah. is a callback to this. And I loved it. What I thought was hilarious is as he is disarming, they're putting all the weapons down on her, on Lisa's, whatever it is, little fucking thing with a mirror. Um, I, I know words. Um, and there is a picture the picture is a hundred percent a headshot of Sylvester Stallone. One hundred percent, it is his <laughs> headshot. Okay, and it's just like I never noticed it before. But as I was watching, I'm like, yes, of course. Every teenage daughter keeps a picture of just their dad. I mean, granted, we haven't met mom yet in at this point in the movie. Like, we haven't seen her, so maybe at this point you're even wondering, like, is there a mom in the picture? Or have we? No, we haven't yet. And then, um, but like, okay. She clearly has a mother in the in the picture, right? They're they're close. So why is there just a picture of dad? Why wouldn't there be a picture of her parents if she was gonna have a picture at all of them in any way? They weren't photoshopping much in any way at that time. <laughs> no. Like now they would have so photoshopped just... two headshots together, but you know what? And now I'm gonna go back to the thing you said earlier—the like porn scene that they set up. Actually, this is the follow through that she's just like. Oh yes, my daddy. Keep a picture of him on my desk. <laughs> that would have been an ending for it. Yeah, <laughs> it would have been an ending. Yes. Oh. Um. Instead, we move on to a woman called Teresa who has come in to speak mm. to Angelo about Anthony. She mm-hmm. says that she has fallen in love, but he insists that Anthony is spoken for by him, which also would have been more fun to us. <laughs> Like, that's one way to get your money back, baby. I wonder if if that was something they did on purpose or if it was just weird wording. You know what I mean? I think it was a joke. It was definitely a joke the way they said it. Yeah. Um, I just wasn't sure if they realized it was a joke, but yeah. They did. She made a, the girl made a face. Oh, that's true. She did. She explains that when she met Anthony, she led him to believe that she was Angelo's daughter after randomly seeing Angelo's picture in the paper, not knowing Mm -hmm. that he was a gangster or that he was Anthony's boss, Mm -hmm. and that she's the one he really wants to marry, which, if true, totally explains the real Lisa's lack of interest in whatever guy she's supposed to be dating. Mm Mm-hmm. Because she doesn't sound interested in anything, in love, at anything. She's like, I want to get the fuck out of here. Yep. Um, but you know what? Yeah, I feel that. <laughs> Angelo believes this, but he still assumes that Lisa is pregnant, just not by Anthony anymore. <laughs> yep, and that is a wonderful thing for a father to hear about his baby girl, I'm sure. <laughs> yep. This is the point in the movie, I think. Everyone, especially Connie, starts to go, wait, what the fuck? Yep. <sighs> yeah. Um, two of Angelo's subordinates are in the kitchen one of them says I'm smoking a salmon uh, and someone else responds we'll put it out yep yep (laughs) (sighs) such an awful joke but I loved it it's so good it's a don't call me Shirley joke yes yes and I love the don't call me Shirley so it makes sense that I loved it that too right Yep. There's so many, like, I think that's what I, one of my favorite things about this movie is there are so many little lines like that. It's actually really difficult as I was sitting there taking notes. I'm like, 
Okay, there are too many. I can't write all of the fucking quotes. I can't. Oh, do it's it. okay. I did it. Good. Awesome. Um, I have little ones, but yeah. <laughs> Sophia, her mother, mm. shows up and mentions Oscar, the real chauffeur. And I got mm-hmm. super excited that they said the thing, even though this person means nothing to the movie yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then we basically hear it two more times throughout the rest yeah. of the movie. Uh, yeah, um, that woman and her entrance into this movie is brilliant, I think, because she looks the way she does, for starters. Um, and then as she walks in and she's yelling, Angelo, to the music, I was just like, I don't know, that's iconic for me for some reason. Oh. And can't. I think it's just because I've seen it so much as a kid, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Angela tells Sophia that Lisa's pregnant, and then she immediately blames him because this is Pornhub. Mm-hmm. But they say it's because he suffocated her, mm-hmm. which is no. Um, Lisa <laughs> That's not says, <laughs> "You kept." Yes, it is. <laughs> Lisa says, "You kept me prisoner up here, like Rapunzel." And his response oh. is, "Well, you certainly ain't Snow White." <laughs> God, it's like it's the best awful, like man shit ever. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Lisa finally lets it slip that she was having an affair with Oscar. Mm-hmm. Um, I still feel bad for Oscar because through this whole thing, I was thinking like, wow, it sounds like Anthony really has love for whichever woman he happens to be shopping. And Lisa <laughs> talks about the guy like he's just her ticket out. Yeah. Well, I mean, what kind of ticket would it be with a chauffeur? I mean, I'm not uh, saying that chauffeurs are not good men. I am mm. saying that I think this girl is very used to expensive things. 100%. And the chauffeur isn't going to be able to take her shopping in Europe and Mm-mm. to the Caribbean. Well, okay, I was a little confused because Oscar was so- sent out into a war or something, right? Yes. <laughs> Knowledge of history is very lacking here. Um, So he's he was shipped out, and I love that she's just like, yeah, I'm pregnant with his baby, but he's not here. Don't care. Give me anyone. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, there is no actual baby anyway. But like, don't you have a feeling that maybe this man might come back someday? Possibly? Well, potentially? No, because he left because uh, according to, I believe, Aldo, who knew the gossip, mm-hmm. uh, essentially he was dating some girl crazy about her but her dad was a nightmare oh, so he said God, i can't right. do this and he did yeah yeah I that's that's a wording he used um he, yeah he dipped uh, peace <laughs> anthony returns and angela still wants to get back the 50k that he was embezzled from him mm-hmm. before anthony finds out that Teresa isn't his daughter and runs with the cash <laughs> yep uh Anthony says, I didn't want to put the money in a bank. You know what kind of shape they're in these days. And Angela makes exactly the kind of face you'd make if you wanted to shoot someone in the eye who owed you 50 grand. (laughs) I mean, it's it's fair. I mean, already you hate this guy and then he's saying that and you're you're just done with him. You're just so fucking done with him. Oh, yeah, (laughs) because he's trying to become a banker. Yeah, he, well... He he tells Anthony to go get the jewels, which okay. is what Anthony has now, right? 
Can we just talk though? Um, yeah. Precious stones is what Anthony had the money converted to, and it's kind of a terrible investment. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was back then, but for the most part, precious stones don't really appreciate in value. Mm. And when we actually see them in the bag, it's not even just precious stones. It's already made, already cut jewelry, which was even worse. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> if I, I can't imagine that that bag was worth $50,000. I know Maybe. this is super off topic and I know way too much about investing in tiles <laughs> and all this boring shit that nobody cares about, but I swear to you that was the dumbest investment that someone who supposedly knows finance could have made outside of buying a boat. Well, maybe he got tricked into it. Who knows? He's good at counting up numbers and, I guess, you know, stealing from somebody, but mm-hmm. he might have just gotten tricked. Angela sends him to go get the stones, which is kind of terrible timing considering that the cops are watching him and a bunch of bankers are about to show up, but he kind of doesn't have a choice because Teresa could tell him at any moment. Yep. I just love that he finally calls Anthony son to make him do it or to, to really seal it. Like, yes, I'm on your side. You are my son now. Of course, go get the jewels. And then calls him miserable little punk after he leaves because... I, it's funny because like I'm on Snaps' side at this point. Like I'm, I'm with you. He stole from you. I not to say that he's such a good man and he hasn't ever stolen, but he trusted him as his accountant and he fucking stole from him. So mm-hmm. I'm on your side, man. He's an asshole. <laughs> I will say those two of every everyone in this movie have the best chemistry. Mm. Yeah. Um. I think I thought at t- you know because Aldo comes in and out of the of the movie like he has little scenes here and there. I actually really love that he cares so much about Snaps. Like I mean, okay, he works for him and he's a, he's an ex gangster, you know. Um, so maybe there's a bit of fear there as well, but it's not the same as what Connie has with him. So there's not only more of a respect i think from okay here i go calling him every name in the fucking book but provolone to aldo versus provolone to um what's his name uh connie but also there's a point where it's when aldo's telling that whole story and calling him basically a pain in the ass and a creep because you know he doesn't know it's him but he's talking about you know the girl's dad and when provolone's response to that is don't you ever shut up aldo looks really concerned like what what did i say what like why are you so mad at me? You know? So I was like, it's clear that they've known each other for a really long time and there's trust there both ways. Yeah. Um, Angelo's made Nora quits to go marry the man that he had an arrangement to marry Lisa off to. Mm-hmm. Angelo's pissed off that both Bruce and Lisa have fallen for people below their stations in life. But like, considering that Lisa is the unemployed daughter of a former crook, <laughs> a chauffeur <laughs> might be a step up for her. <laughs> yep maybe <laughs> but i i enjoy that woman's nora's accent and the you can't fire me thing is has stuck with me through all these years yeah it's it's wonderful and i'm not going to try to do her accent because no. i can't do accents <laughs> yeah uh, she leaves and Sophia comes to argue with Angelo about how Lisa needs a husband slash baby daddy. Mm-hmm. And both of the Fanucci's start playing a really funny game of not it about, oh, this is my, I have children and I have spouses and I do not believe these people exist in any way. No, look at us. We married. 
we married real good and they have eight to ten bambinos sure sure you do yeah sure you do yeah i didn't buy it either especially because they're counting and arguing with each other about no that one's not yours that one's the milkman's it's like yeah. you're making a really really strange story about something that is not actually a thing aren't you <laughs> I believe that these two share a like one bedroom apartment and sleep next to each other like Bert and Ernie in like Aww. those little like single I beds. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, That's cute. Angelo <laughs> has started referring to their other daughter, not oh. Lisa, but Teresa, which he has not explained to Sophia. She's uh-huh. confused and he still makes no move to explain it to her. <laughs> Uh, yeah, which gets him the evil wife stare, which she does really well because she already has, she doesn't have evil eyes, but she has those eyes. I don't know how to describe them any other way. Um, Interesting so fish she, in the eyes. Kind of, yeah, that. Um, so it's probably even scarier coming from her, I imagine, if you're married to her. It's <laughs> like, mm. oh, shit, I'm fucked now, aren't I? Or not, I guess. But yeah, we don't have a daughter that's not Teresa. That's not Lisa. I almost said Teresa. <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't start you getting confused now. Oh, stay with shit. Me. All um, right, I'm trying, I'm trying. Anthony comes back with the gems, and Angela decides to trick him into signing a legal document stating that he's the father <laughs> of Lisa's baby. Uh-huh. Which he does, since when it, they're writing out the things, he just says, oh, uh, Miss Provolone's <laughs> daughter. Yep. Or, I don't know. It's Something like, like that, yeah. <laughs> I don't feel like that's legally binding. Mm. No, but I do love that he, when he's telling um, Anthony about it, he says, uh, the thing that could be more wonderful than marrying her is having her baby. And I'm like, that's not how that works, but okay, sure. You go ahead and have her baby, sweetie. <laughs> yep. Um, in return, Anthony is given a document signed by Angelo that says that once he, they get married, he will give the gems back yep. to the daughter. I mean, it's a smart move on Angelo's part. It is a smart move. I don't feel like any of this can be held up in the court of law, though. Oh, but Alda signs it as, or witnesses it, right? I mean, maybe in the 20s. I enjoy that he does the thing about um, earlier, he says, I think to Aldo again, um, you're a butler, now buttle. And then here he's like, you're a witness, witness. And I'm like, or you're a witness. Yeah, you're a witness. Yeah, that is right. <laughs> um, he reunites Anthony and Teresa. She's trying to tell Anthony the truth about how she's been lying to him the entire relationship. But mm-hmm. he's obviously more focused out of the fact that he was just swindled out of $50,000 of gemstones. Mm-hmm. She gets angry at that, and she says, I'm glad I found out what kind of person you are, which is rich considering that she's been lying to him the entire time they've been together. (laughs) That entire scene, I was just like, I don't like her at all, because she's standing there like, you seem more interested in this money than you are in me. And I'm like, okay, first of all, you've been lying to him. Second of all, he just found out that he's lost a bunch of money. Third, who the fuck do you think is going to take care of you when you get married? Who do you think is going to pay for your wedding to begin with? he is if he doesn't have money then you don't either because at least from what we understand she doesn't exactly have a fucking job uh no she says that her family doesn't have money and she also says that she thought that he wouldn't be interested in her because uh he makes 1400 
Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, you don't care about the money at all, do you, Tits? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was really pissed off at her there. But it did lead to her saying, thank God I'm not pregnant to Aldo. And then, you know, after they came out of the room and Anthony is running after Teresa at the steps, Aldo stops him and says, what have you two been doing up there? And I'm like, sweetie, do you understand how sex works? Like, what? <laughs> or do you understand how pregnancy, I guess, <laughs> works? Oh, well... They were- I can't imagine he expected that she became pregnant while they were up there just now fucking. <laughs> I don't know. That's what it sound like, though. Um, he is, I'm going to say this, I have two favorite characters. I couldn't decide, but Aldo is my favorite character, one of my favorite characters, because every time he is in a scene, he says something that is either, like, bitchy, you know, or just hilarious, and it's really, really enjoyable to watch. I think he has really good chemistry with a wide variety of the characters. He does, and the way he speaks is probably my... I'm, like, oddly attracted to this man. Ooh. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I can't explain it. Maybe the accent. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Angelo agrees that he'll give back the diamonds if Anthony marries his pregnant daughter, Lisa. Mm Mm-hmm. And he enforces this by telling Anthony that the Fenucci's are hitmen. (laughs) Oh, that's, I love that. And they really could be, and they really, really, really could be, you know? Look at them. They're fucking crazy. Just look at them. (laughs) Well, and they have one of those really funny, like, misdirect, uh, they're talking about two different things, but it's all double entendres about them Mm -hmm. bragging about the suit that they made for the murdered guy and him thinking that they're bragging about committing the murder (laughs) yep it was so good and the piano scene before that before they talk is probably my favorite scene in the whole movie still (laughs) it's cute it was a long scene and i didn't fully need it Mm, I love it. It's and again, I think it is nostalgia. All of this movie is just nostalgia over and over again. I'm just like, I love it. I love this and I love that and I love everything about it. Um, but yeah. I, I wasn't expecting to enjoy that as much as I used to, but I fully did. Yeah, I didn't even think it was a bad scene. I'm just like, I don't know why this is happening. And I don't know why <laughs> it's been happening for three minutes. <laughs> it was good music. Yeah. Um. Uh, Anthony agrees because he wants his money and also he thinks that he's going to be killed. Uh He and Lisa meet and they hate each other immediately because this is a total charade and they love other people, but their chemistry isn't awful. Mm. Okay, they don't, I don't know if they love other people. He loves someone else. She loves herself and freedom. And also her dress is so cute. It is the cutest little floral, like, flouncy dress ever. I would never wear it, but it's so yeah. adorable. No, but I actually thought that they had the kind of chemistry where I was expecting this to be the rom-com where they're like, as they go, trying to hook the other person up with other people so they can mm. get out. And then like they kind of grow together in that way and realize, yeah. no, I don't want you to be with anyone else. But no. <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't that. <laughs> I was kind of hoping it was. Um. Mm. Dr. Poole shows up, and it's Tim Curry, finally. (laughs) I couldn't, like, how could I not pick this movie? Not only Um, is he your husband, but he is fucking Dr. Poole, bro. 
he is not my husband in this movie because <laughs> I think we've got the same taste in men. Well then, alrighty. <laughs> um, I really like that when he came in, he did that like obnoxious internet thing of correcting Aldo's grammar, and Aldo was just like super warm to it. <laughs> Where like he's correcting the grammar to Anthony, and Aldo's there goes, "I heard that." Like mm-hmm. you know, the most like we are friends, and I kind of adore you way, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I as a kid watching Doctor Pool. I, and I mean him. I don't mean Tim Curry. I didn't have this weird thing about Tim Curry like you have. Um, but watching him be this character was so good. And I, like, in my heart, I was like, a part of me wanted to marry, like, a hot cowboy with abs. But a part of me mm-hmm. wanted to marry Dr. Poole. You know what I mean? Like, no. I wanted him so much to be my future person. I can't explain it. Don't know hey, why. Not mad at it. My two separate guys are John Oliver and Gaston, so I can't even <laughs> argue. Shit. Oh my god, I have a John Oliver, I guess. It's Dr. Poole. <laughs> yeah. I don't have a specific Gaston, I don't think. Oh god. Is it I can't remember his name. I don't even think he has abs, but from the Ash movie. It will forever be the Ash movie. Yes, Scotty is my guest. Oh, God. I'm so not happy with that. Wait, dead Scotty or live Scotty? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Welcome Welcome to Millennials at the Necrophiliac. (laughs) Oh, God. No, no, no. Alive. Alive. Fuck you. Don't make me a necrophiliac. Shit. Okay. Um, Anyway. Anthony Welcome to us decided. reviewing every movie after we've watched the Ash movies and we can't ever not mention them, which is great because I always do. Always me. Uh, I love Ash. I know you do. I'll make you watch the TV show someday, I swear. Um, I believe you. Anthony has decided that Dr. Poole is perfect for Lisa. I can't argue with that because all she ever says she wants to do is travel and all he ever talks about is travel. Uh-huh. But instead of selling it to her like that, he just tells her, no, he's in love with you. Like, yeah, that which old is guy, so he's stupid. In love with you. It's like, no, yeah. he wants to get out of here as badly as you do. He was just talking about all these exotic places he's gone to. Yep. Done. She doesn't want to marry you. You're not trying to convince her out of anything. You're just trying to hop her into the next dick that will take her overseas. Mm-hmm. And you know what? This just goes to prove that I, I really don't think Anthony is smart. I think he is no. a good accountant. The end. <laughs> or a bad accountant, I guess. Um, but yeah, Brandon Bezler, awful decision making. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but I love that she's just like, oh, I want to travel, blah blah blah, and then he says that, you know, Doctor Pool's in love with you or whatever, and she goes, that's so touching, and I'm like, but okay, all right, yeah, it's not. You don't even care, but okay. <laughs> You're not on a first name basis with this guy, but sure, whatever. <laughs> yep. Um. Poole teaches Angelo to elocute with some sentences about gang life and Nora <laughs> finally gets to quit and leave. Yep. She accidentally takes his bag of jewels with her. Because uh, this is a cartoon, like I said. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Angelo offers Poole the bag of jewels in exchange for marrying Lisa, which seems like it seems like you wouldn't have to do that because she's a beautiful young girl, but apparently she gets a dowry. 
<laughs> um, it turns out the bag was full of Nora's underwear, and I kind of expected yeah. Poole to be on board, but... <laughs> Maybe they weren't his size. <laughs> uh, the cops are watching all of these people go in and out and in and out with a very similar looking tiny duffel bag mm-hmm. one of them says what do you think's in it the other one goes bag money what else <laughs> bag money well, I mean, bag money yeah what else would be in there I agree with him it's a yeah, bag I love bag money yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah I really just enjoy that you know, Lisa's going through all these men throughout the day of just like, no, it's Oscar. Okay, fine. It's this guy you're setting me up with that I hate, but at least I'm getting the fuck out of here. And first of all, that it's never Bruce. Like, I mean, I know that Bruce isn't an option anymore after a while, but she was going to be married to Bruce, according to Provolone. And then she wanted Oscar. And now and then, and then it was um, Anthony, and now it's going to be fucking Dr. Poole. And um, through all of this, this is the one point in which I'm like, you know what, I don't blame you as like, you know, like you're a man, shut the fuck up way. When he says, you got to cross the finish line with this one. He's your third fiance, and it's not even lunch yet. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. that one I got to agree with. It's not him just well, being like an overbearing parent or a man who thinks he has control over every woman in the world. It's actually, to be I fair, mean, it's yes, just it the is. woman in his life. She doesn't want to get married. Well, no, she doesn't. But she does if it gets her out of the house. How else would she get the fuck? Do you really think this woman would be able to take care of herself in the world? No, the second she left, she'd be dead. Yeah, but it's like, oh, it's your third fiance by lunchtime. And it's like she didn't pick any of those. Yeah. Uh, But Sophia and Angelo invite a priest by and they have this huge like <laughs> exposition fight to explain what's happened in the movie so far. <laughs> that priest is really trying to just be like, oh, good. Well, you know, she's young. <laughs> like, it's yeah. so good. But he's trying to be good. He's trying to be nice to these crazy ass people. <laughs> yep. Um, Angelo tells uh, Sophia that the maid quits somewhere between my vest and my pants. <laughs> and it was <laughs> beautiful. Yep. Oh, <laughs> uh, I think one of my favorite snaps moments happens soon after. Okay, seriously, has too many fucking names. I say a different. I I think I've said Angelo and Snaps most though, but um, he is on the phone with Bruce Underwood because he realizes the maid took the wrong bag and he wants him to send it back and blah blah blah. And it's the sexiest I've ever found Sylvester Stallone, probably in my ever, like ever in my life that I've ever seen him anyway. Um, Cause he's on the phone with him and then he, and he's trying to be real polite and shit. And then he just like breaks into like heavy ass accent. Yeah, it snaps problem. Who the hell do you think it is? And I'm like, oh God, yes, that is so <laughs> hot. It was the hottest thing he has ever done. I don't care what anyone says. God. <laughs> yeah, I'm becoming more like you. I don't like it. <laughs> She's um, like, oh, he's such a dick. So sexy. I love it. <laughs> um, Nora actually returned the suitcase because she realized it wasn't hers and takes her own, like, panty suitcase. Okay. A, how can you not tell the, yeah. like, weight difference? Mm-hmm. But if that thing still has all the diamonds in it, I'm disappointed. Like, take a handful or two, sister. You deserved it. 
Well, okay, I was really confused because she said that she realized that it wasn't her bag when she went to open it, which made it sound like there was a lock or combination or something on it, and that's why, like, she couldn't open it. But there's clearly not, because anybody's just able to open these bags whenever the fuck they want to. So I didn't understand that. And then, yeah, like, you open the bag, you saw all this shit, and it's all just, actually, maybe it's not all in there. You can't really tell. She Maybe she only I... took a few things. Yeah, that's a smart thing to do, though. Just take a couple of handfuls and then bring it back. Mm-hmm. So then it looks like you brought it back, but what are they going to say? They don't have it cataloged. Exactly. Then why are you assuming she didn't? She probably did. I hope she <laughs> even did. If she is, even if she is marrying a rich man. <laughs> uh, Lisa and Dr. Poole talk, and they find out they've been lied to about which one of them is interested in the other. But they mm-hmm. have, like, a quasi-romantic bonding moment over the fact that both of their parents are disturbingly possessive and it stunted them in many ways. Mm-hmm. Not romantic at all. Didn't love it. Didn't love their chemistry. Real weird. I was with Connie in this where he goes to the door, and I might be jumping a scene or two here, but he goes to the door to watch them doing that little, like, shy smiling at each other thing and I was here for it like they maybe they deserve to like actually find someone to fall in love with and blah 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 but a neither of them are ever going to she like okay there is no b actually like she wants to get the fuck out of this house and to travel and have fun he wants like a companion who and probably somebody who's going to help get him out of his mom's house, too. That's yeah. what it sounds like, right? And I if that's what they are to each other, cool. Yeah, but I would have respected it so much if they had been out there where it's just like, I will scare your mommy so bad that she never calls you again if you take me to Paris. <laughs> yeah. And then just She's like have an agreement <laughs> instead of just like, no, T, we're actually falling in love. No, I didn't buy yeah, it. I- I didn't, I don't, I don't even, I still don't believe that they were in love. I don't know if that's what the movie was trying to say. If it was, definitely didn't come through that way. I just really thought that they were like, okay, this is great. This is going to work out well for both of us. And this is, for Dr. Poole anyway, it's like, this is the first time a woman has ever flirted with him. You know it is. You fucking know it is. So he's just like, this feels nice. I want more of this. And if this is what love feels like, great. I don't think he has any clue (laughs) what love is. No. Nor will he ever, and she doesn't need it. So I'm I'm I I ship them and not in the like they're gonna fall in love or are in love or anything like that way, but in the like, yes, go live your lives together, be happy. Yeah, but I think we were Apart supposed together. to believe that they were falling in love. And I've seen uh, both of those actors realistically portray love for a wide variety of people. Like I believed that in my cousin Vinny, she was in freaking love with Joe Pesci. Yeah, I believed same. in Rocky Horror Picture Show that he was in love with every person he looked at. <laughs> God. But love. this didn't work. No, I and I didn't think they were in love, but yeah, so if that's what the movie was going for, I didn't even realize that's what they were trying to go for because I saw it as it being a nice like arrangement for them. They even kiss and there's nothing there. Mm. I assume that he is at least hoping he's at least going to get laid once by this woman, you know, just to try it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> See but if like, he even likes it. I believed that Anthony and Lisa would have fucked. They hated each other, but they would have fucked hard. These two, no. I don't, I don't want them it. to because I don't like Anthony. 
I love I, I love him in this movie. I'll put it that way. I don't think he's a good person, but I think the movie needed him more than it needed some of the other people. Yeah, and um, I'm not even saying that she's such a great person, but I love her, and I'm like, no, fuck you. <laughs> you yeah. go be with Teresa, you know, the girl you're in love with, who is also awful, so. <laughs> uh, Angela doesn't know that Nora's returned the suitcase, so when Anthony comes back with another 50 grand he has uh, stolen from Angelo's uh, estate, yeah. Angelo agrees to sell him the bag of jewels, which uh-huh. he thinks is still full of used lingerie and apparently uh-huh. can't feel the difference in weight. No, none of them can, yeah. <laughs> it was literally that whole thing is just, to me, it was just like, I, can't, I don't even know what to compare it to, like what cartoon to com- compare it to, but it is like Bugs Bunny, kind of, you know, like constantly being one step ahead and tricking whoever it is that he's against, you know, yeah. of like uh, rabbit season, duck season. No, it's not duck, is it? Yeah, it is duck. Yes. I'm like, there's no ducks, but it is. He is a duck. <laughs> that whole <laughs> thing. It felt like that, even though it wasn't like one person was being the rabbit in this situation but Angelo thought he was being the rabbit he did maybe he that's why he was being a duck mm, poor thing um, he thinks he's trading the lingerie for $50,000 in cash mm-hmm. but it's actually the jewels that Nora had returned mm-hmm. but Angelo had already called Nora's fiance to get his suitcase returned so even though Nora brought his suitcase back, the chauffeur swung back around to do another suitcase swap. So this time, the $50,000 that Angelo just got went to Underwood's chauffeur, and the Nora's used panties go back to Angelo. <laughs> he can't get rid of the panties. Nor can he stop <laughs> spilling them out for Dr. Poole. No. It was so funny to me that Dr. He he does that. He, like goes, uh, oh, okay, so here, where were we? Let me show you the, all the money that I was trying to give you to marry my daughter, except his lingerie again. And Provolone is just fucking done. And Dr. Poole is just like, oh, that's right. I've never seen so much money. Look, here's money and here's more money. <laughs> like, And then he rubs one of the panties or something on his face. It's just like, no, what are you doing? And what's funny about that is before he was interrupted pool was trying to invite lisa to come to live with him in brussels yeah. soon. and she's trying europe? so hard to be like gentle and delicate let him be the man but he keeps listening out she's like come on spill it <laughs> i love her um Marissa Tomei, like is yeah so good but she it's really just is. like if you would have just not interrupted to throw more panties at him he would have probably sealed that deal like, yeah, he didn't need the gems. He just needed her to like browbeat him into taking Brussels. <laughs> yep. Well, there was also one of my favorite Connie moments in this movie too. Um, before the money gets dumped out, because Connie's trying to say, even in the in the old days, he was known as an honest crook. And uh, Doctor Poole says that's an oxymoron. And, you know, Connie's an idiot. So he says, gee, Doc, he shouldn't have said that. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. But he looks so hurt by it. Like, he's saying you shouldn't have said that. Like, he's threatening him. But he is so pouty. And I just wanted to hug him. Like, no, it's okay. It's okay. You're not a moron. I know that's who you think he called you. But you're not. <laughs> I mean, you are. But you're Such not. <laughs> yep. 
I mean, it, it's one of those jokes that lives on forever, though, isn't it? I teach I oxymorons to my students. I promise you it does. <laughs> um, Teresa comes back because she can't find Anthony at his apartment, even though mm. she's only been looking for him for like an hour max because this movie mm-hmm. happens over the span of four hours and it's dumb. Yeah. Um, Anthony comes back too because Angelo is the only real connection he had to Teresa and he is willing to give Angelo the entire bag of jewels in order to get Angelo to tell him if he ever hears from Teresa again. Mm -hmm. The two of them reunite and I have no feelings about it at all because they have no chemistry and she is as bland as a bucket of used dishwater. (laughs) Yeah. Well... It's a weird thing to to come into somebody's relationship where they're in love and want to get married and see them together for like five seconds. Like I believed her when she was saying she was in love with him. I believed him when he was saying he was in love with her. I did not believe them being in love with each other when they were in the same room. No. It was it's very strange. It is. Um some people I do believe are in love though. Um, the maid agency has sent over a young woman named Roxanne. Oh, God. Uh And it turns out that Roxanne was Angelo's first and is Teresa's mother. The Uh background music is so romantic. I thought Uh that he was going to (laughs) propose to her right then and there. (laughs) Bachelor wifey music. That was the same music they were playing for Anthony and Teresa. Mm. That's like. That's not cool. <laughs> he seems like, so excited about her until he finds out that Teresa's his daughter. Yeah. Well, I mean, wouldn't you be? Another daughter. The same age as Lisa. Yeah, and ironically, Roxanne was sent to live at a convent the way that Angelo had been threatening to say <laughs> she got fake pregnant. Uh-huh. Yeah, and he, you know, insults her dad for doing that. <laughs> yep. Um... Sophia comes in and sees Roxy crying and Angelo holding her and he immediately lies about why which seems very stupid and short-sighted given the fact that you know he has a new daughter yeah like it's gonna come out right what are you thinking like, but I do enjoy that so emotionally connected to her though to the mm-hmm. point that I've never seen him like that with Sophia and I I had more feelings about that than I had about any other romantic connection that happened in the rest of the movie. I had no feelings about that or any other one. I did love that Sophia sees it, says you don't have to be that friendly with the help, and then just, like, walks away like, okay, I don't give a shit, but you do. Like, I've got this house, I've got this money, I can do whatever the fuck I want, you do whatever the fuck you want. (laughs) Like, you want to fuck the maid? Fuck the maid. (laughs) Just don't let me walk in on it next time. Yep. (laughs) Oh. Paul and Lisa announce that they're getting married. Eh, whatever. Yay. Um, the bankers are about to show up for their meeting, and one of them says, "Let's just get this over. I have to get back to the office to turn down a loan." <laughs> I love them. <laughs> they're such assholes. Yeah. God. Yeah, it makes sense why you would love them. <laughs> and apparently, after the entire movie being about how Anthony is just like. Uh the most screwhead of screwheads. Mm-hmm. Now, since it's going to be his son-in-law, 
apparently Anthony is a trusted enough advisor to Angelo to oversee this bank deal, which mm-hmm. is a double-edged sword because it's like, okay, if he really is son-in-law now, mm-hmm. then maybe he's not going to screw you over. And he is apparently very clever with tricking people out of their money. Yep. Well, and I mean, to be fair, what was he going to do if he didn't have Anthony be you like, you know, checking things and making sure everything was what it should have been. It's not like he was going to catch it himself. Not that he knew that there was something to catch, but if he's going to sign in with sign on with these assholes, he knows they're assholes. <laughs> he knows they don't like him. So it's either Anthony or nobody. Yeah. So, it's not a great idea, but you know, it's the only one he's got. <laughs> Speaking of not great ideas, the mm-hmm. cops have been watching this bag switcheroo all day, um, and they're convinced that the bankers are actually mobsters. Yep. So they break into this meeting <laughs> and start going through wallets and uh, finding out. One of them even called the press, and they find out they're actually bankers. Yep. But during everything, the maid has come back, taken the bag oh. of jewels, and left her panties accidentally Uh, again meaning uh that all the cops find when they look for the bag is a bag of ladies panties yep and there's pictures taken of the lieutenant as he is emptying them out all proud of himself it's like literally none of you can tell the difference in weight can you okay sure and (laughs) one of the bankers steals a yes (laughs) i don't it's there's so many little things throughout the movie like that that like could be missed, you know what I mean, or are so subtle, I guess, that it's it's hilarious. But yeah, yeah. Um, the the I just love that this movie was able to do so many switches of the bag, and every single time, like if it had gone more any longer than that but then it would have been bad but it wasn't it didn't get to the point where i was just like okay enough with the bag it just like every time something happened you know that you because like um snaps emptied the bag of lingerie for dr pool twice the second time was funnier i think than the first time where it's just like oh my god he's so tired he's just sitting there banging his head on the desk just like i'm fucking done with this and then after that, they don't do that same thing again. They do it a different way with the lieutenant pouring it out. And I mean, it wasn't as funny, but it it still worked. You know what I mean? So it didn't get tiring. Like, I, I wasn't just like, okay, enough. It didn't get tiring. And it also wasn't so convoluted that you lost track of which bag was which. Yeah, exactly. You should, you really should have at that point, but you did. You don't. You never do. <laughs> they all do, of course. Um, the rival gang from the beginning shows uh-huh. up thinking this is the time that they're going to have to kill Snaps. But yep. they accidentally run into a cop car and get caught. And the cop who had egg on his face earlier about breaking it on bankers arrests all of them for mm-hmm. basically just hitting the cop car and having guns. Mm-hmm. Just on the basis of wanting to look good. And you know what? Good for him finally catching them. Like, I care nothing for this man, but you know what? Go for you. Go for you. You look like an idiot earlier, and you made up for that now, kind of, sort of. (laughs) 
And see, now Angelo loves Anthony so much that he made him the CFO of Angelo's gang business, which apparently they're going back to. Mm-hmm. I don't know what gang business is, so I'm just going to say gang business. <laughs> I don't know how you can be the CFO of gang business. But... <laughs> He'll find a way. I love how excited uh, Connie and Aldo are when he basically tells them that, you know, they're going to do this again. And they're a little, yes, boss, because through the whole movie, Angela was like, stop calling me boss. And they'd always do the sorry boss thing. <laughs> and now they finally get to do it. Okay, and... I don't even get that, though. Um, Do you want to know what you are if you're the master of a house <laughs> and he's your butler? He's fucking boss. Yeah, but he doesn't want to be called that because it's more respectable if you're just like, this is my butler and I'm Mr. Provolone. Eh, fuck that. <laughs> Mr. Cheese. Let him call you boss. <laughs> um. Uh, uh, yeah, but... Uh, however long later, I didn't write how long it was, but they're having a double wedding. Yeah, I didn't like that, and I don't think Lisa would have liked that. No. Uh... <laughs> Eh, whatever as much time as you can get like if it's the earliest you can get just do it um lisa's things are awful and ridiculous oh the dress i love her dress i fucking love her dress like when i was a little girl and a teenager and in my 20s and i really wanted to get married to me i wanted that exact dress i was like i don't care i will starve myself to have her body so that i can wear that dress because holy shit and the like head thing i don't know what the fuck it's called but the like head thing she has on yes uh-huh. i wanted that and i still think it's gorgeous i believe nothing in marriage but <laughs> or like oh. weddings or whatever but and I have the exact opposite reaction. I'm sitting there like that is painted on and damn. Mm-hmm. That, well, that too. That's not the opposite reaction. It could be both. It could be, holy shit, you're gorgeous. And also, that's a beautiful wedding dress. Eh, I don't know if it was a beautiful wedding dress. I love um, it. We have different tastes in everything. <laughs> Oscar finally makes it back. Aww. But apparently Lisa's totally over him because she doesn't even make a eh. facial expression. No, no. Yeah. Well, did we think that she ever wanted him really anyway? It was just her way out, and now she has a better one. I do love, though, that um, Snaps gets to use his word of the day. He says expeditiously. Get rid of him expeditiously. And that that was, like, it felt satisfying because he really tried with that. And you know what? I believe that he's going to continue to try with that, especially with Dr. Poole as his now son-in-law, you know? Yeah, maybe over the phone. No, that's better than nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but who's um, gonna tell Connie he's got a dangling participle if Doctor Pool is in here? Uh, I don't know. Maybe someone else will want to see his participle. <laughs> that didn't get old either. It, things like that made this movie such a good movie for me. <laughs> like he 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 turned around to check well he checked actually and then turned around to make sure his penis wasn't out because dangling participle and i don't even want to call him an idiot but i couldn't tell you what a dangling participle was either if i hadn't just watched this movie yes i'm yeah. a teacher fuck off i teach sixth graders they don't know what that is i mean they don't need to <laughs> yeah doesn't everyone need to no definitely not no. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything else? Or are you ready for final ratings? I have a one last thing. Um, when um, 
when provolone is banging his head on the desk because you know the money is not money again um the second time he dumps the lingerie on the desk um Connie is trying to say, you know, that maybe it was a miracle. And I don't know Bible stuff, so I didn't understand this. But he says, you know, like the loaves and the fishes. And okay, sure. Okay. Um, um, yeah. Loaves and fishes. Uh, there are five, like, uh, loaves of bread and I think three fish or something like that. And there's mm -hmm. an entire big crowd of people. And Jesus says, pass it around. Everybody will eat. And okay. they passed them around and everybody was able to eat and they never ran out of food. Oh, got it. So it really, it makes this even better. Because Connie tries to say that that is what this is like. It's a miracle that the 50 grand turned into a bag of underwear. Yeah. So it makes no fucking sense even more now yeah. that I know what that story is. And then Provolone looks directly into the camera and... I love when a movie or a TV show is able to do that successfully. And I thought that was super successfully done. And I crack up every single time I watch that scene because mm -hmm. I forget that it's there. You know what I mean? Maybe now that I've talked about it, I, I'll, I won't forget it. And it won't be as funny, but I like completely forgot that it was going to happen. And I'm just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. It was great. That, that was, was my final thing to say before okay. final ratings. Uh, I'll go first. Yes. I gave it a 66. Oof. Okay. This movie kind of reminds me of Clue. It has a pretty slow start, but once it got going, I was invested. Mm. I wish it had gotten going earlier. Mm. That's fair. I, I shouldn't ever pick movies from my childhood. <laughs> Because I'm never going to not give a childhood movie, like, favorite 100%. I can't. I tried. I really sat there and I was like, okay, what did I dislike about this movie? And I don't mean, like, which characters did I dislike? Because, like, it wasn't like I was like, ew, I hate that they're in this movie. It was just I didn't like the characters, you know? Yeah. Um, But I, like, even with the whole thing that we talked about with certain people, like the cops not needing to be in the movie much and the mobster people not needing to be there at all, basically, um, it still wasn't so much that I was like bored of those scenes. You know what I mean? I just was like, mm, I'm not following this as closely as the rest of it. But hey. I mean, Dr. Pooh and Aldo were my favorite characters and Connie was a very close, I'm going to say second, because this movie was full of fun characters for me. I you can give a hundred to whatever you want. Like you can give every movie a hundred if you want. I mean, it'd no, be very I definitely don't. Want but <laughs> and I definitely don't want to give the shitty movies we watch a hundred. I promise. So, well, maybe <laughs> we'll have to see if next week is another shitty movie, or <laughs> if for once people kind of liked it. Oh. We are doing Pirates Band of Misfits, starring Hugh Grant and Amelda Staunton. Oh shit, Hugh Grant, yes. And you know, I can't even semi-guess if this is going to be one of the movies that are shitty that we review again, or if it's actually going to be a positively reviewed one, because I've never even heard of it. Uh, it's Claymation, so if you like the intro to this uh, movie, <laughs> you might like the whole movie. Ooh, I do like Claymation. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But in the meantime, guys, check us out on social media. We're on Instagram at Millennials at the Movies. We're on Twitter at Millennials ATM. 
And my personal Twitter is Ami, that's A-M-I underscore movies. And my personal Instagram is cantaloupe underscore eyes, like the fruit. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.